Welcome to The Launch, the podcast sponsored by Tandem Launch, where we talk about tech, startups, entrepreneurship, and everything in between. We give you the inside scoop on building a startup, capital fundraising, the entrepreneurial journey, with both funny and impactful stories. This podcast is for budding entrepreneurs, ecosystem players, industry folks, venture capitalists looking for deals, students considering a career in the startup world, or anyone with a curiosity in Deepak. If you have a research background in tech and always wanted to build your own startup, then check out our website, www.tenemlaunch.com, or hit us up on LinkedIn. Let's build the future together. And now, on with the show. So welcome to The Launch, the podcast sponsored by Tandem Launch. I'm your host, Bobby Vidochka, and joining me for this episode is founder and tech enthusiast, Sean Maloney. Welcome, Sean. Thanks, Bobby. So today's guest is a woman who is pioneering a new industry sector. Please welcome Valerie uh, Robotai, founder and CEO of ExpertC, where she is transforming how the global aquaculture industry farms and trades seafood to help feed the world. So great to have you here, Valerie. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent. So why don't we start? Just tell us a bit about yourself and how you came to found this company, ExpertSea. Sure. So my, my background is more science. So I think I've uh, always been passionate about the ocean. Since I'm very little, uh, my grandmother lived in Florida for most of the year. And I just remember visiting her almost every winter. And uh, since I'm six years old, my parents would just ship me there and she would wait for me at the airport. And I just remember us taking long walks on the beach, good time or, you know, bad weather. And, um, and yeah, I think, I think the, from that point on, I just, became very passionate and that's why I decided to study in, in marine science and then eventually uh, made my way to uh, aquaculture which is the the main uh, industry in which uh, experts see is working in. Amazing I would have loved to gone got shipped to Florida each summer <laughs> what a dream best I could get was Camp Tawassee in Saskatchewan so that's amazing so you don't often hear shrimp and innovation together in the same sentence so why shrimp and how does your computer vision technology help shrimp farmers and buyers yeah sure so first I think not many people know about the aquaculture industry in depth, at least. But that's why through all my, my uh, studies and my work, uh, when I started to understand more about this industry, I just got also like fascinated by how huge it is and, and but also like how big of a technology gap there is in the industry. So it's like a $200 billion industry that is still very backwards, has so much room for uh, improvement, but so much potential. So a shrimp is actually one of the largest segment of aquaculture. So all the shrimp that we buy at the grocery store, uh, the, the frozen shrimp for the cocktail shrimp are mainly from aquaculture. So it just made sense to start by looking at that uh, segment as it was very big. Also, it is produced in um, Southeast Asia and South America. So there was a definite need for uh, technology also in, in, in these type of market for optimization. But I think the biggest problem that these shrimp producers have 
have is that they have very little visibility into their production because there's no technology, because there's no data. It's very hard for them to even just know how many shrimp they have in their ponds and then like how to feed them properly, if they have disease, how they're growing. So what we did with expertise, we developed some technology that use computer vision and machine learning just from pictures, get the, all this information from the shrimp health and quality to help the farmers optimize their production so they can have the actual growth and then they can see if the shrimp is starting to get a disease so they can have treatments. But then also what we realized is it's very hard for these farmers not just to grow the shrimp, but also to sell the shrimp and have access to all types of business solutions that make a normal business manageable and scalable. So for shrimp farmers, there's no marketplace where they can sell the shrimp. There's no insurance product. Access to capital is very difficult. All that because there's almost no data about the industry. So, so that's how the company is helping them grow the shrimp, but we're also unlocking a lot of these business solutions for them through our data. Uh, recently, we launched a, a marketplace that helps them to connect to buyers and will even finance the transactions for them so that they can have access to, to cash very quickly from the sale of their shrimp. Savella, you mentioned that a lot of your customers, your main customer base is in Southeast Asia and in South America. So I've got to wonder, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's got to be difficult in general. There's going to be a lot of challenges you face, but you must come across some unique challenges when dealing with these different cultures or doing business in these different regions. Yes, definitely. So very quickly, being a startup from Canada, uh, doing business in Southeast Asia and South America, we realized that uh, just understanding the local culture was very important. Also, it's an industry that's heavily relationship driven. So farmers will work with uh, buyers or, or service providers that they know. So it became very necessary for us to build a local force of technicians and, and, and managers and salespeople that live there and and that know the culture. So that's a bit how we uh, were able to early, early on from the start, uh, start our business in these area by hiring local diverse uh, group of, uh, of employees that, that helped us integrate into the culture. Excellent. Wow. Must be a massive challenge to, to overcome. Now, I think you mentioned one, something about pirates. They're real. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, working in these countries also, what we don't realize is that for them, the shrimp industry, so there's a few countries where shrimp is pretty much their main exports. It's almost has the same value as gold, right? So it's very, very valuable. And because there's not a lot of infrastructure to support the industry, it's very susceptible to corruption and even piracy. So there's instance where I remember some of our employees were uh, went for to a shrimp harvest to one of our customer and they had to stay overnight on the island because there was a warning for pirates in the bay because a few of the shrimp the boats carrying the shrimp had been hijacked so uh, that's a whole new reality that we had to learn to to deal with doing business in, in these places wow that i mean we you know you imagine pirates of the caribbean and you know very <laughs> glamorized western hollywood uh viewpoint of it but it's a it's a bit of an issue um especially in you know around the african waters and um in those areas as well yeah I'm wondering if you could tell us a bit about your fundraising journey. So just for the entrepreneurs listening, you know, what type of advice would you give about your experience in fundraising and how, how to either get the attention of VCs or how to negotiate with VCs, how to close a deal? And then maybe, you know, how, how do you see a viable future for VCs funding uh, sustainability projects? 
Yes, I think the first thing is when you decide to go on the path of getting financing from venture capital, you have to be really aware and understand what that means. So, you know, for myself and my co-founders, this is something that early on we discussed, but you're on a very fast growth path and there's a lot of expectations. At the same time, it's very exciting. And then you have access to a lot of resources to make it happen. Uh, but then you get into this, yes, this path of your business where all your decisions, all your strategies are around maximizing the growth of the business the, as fast as possible. So for us, this journey started in 2015 when we when we uh, raised the, the, the seed round. And at that time, we had the product that was not uh, connected to internet, so we couldn't really harvest the data. So one of the first things talking with our new investors and our board is they opened us our view on, okay, how can we scale this business to become, you know, a billion dollar business in the in, in the industry and then quickly we realized that you know data was definitely the way to go and we had to take some time to redesign the product make sure we could harvest all these data to uh, grow the business and we successfully did that and in 2018 we were able to raise our series uh, a financing which give, gave us even more means to start selling in in different countries but then again we had some good success selling technology to farmers but the realization was that if we really wanted to make a difference and impact the industry as a whole, we had to do much more than just help the farmers grow the crop, but we had and, and help them sell the crop and help them finance the crop. And that's really how we would make a difference and, and grow a, a very sizable business. So since last year, we went in, into this path. So it's been a very interesting journey. But if I had the one advice to give is to, you cannot underestimate like the importance of having the right fit with your investors. So the more that they can understand your space and understand the challenges that you may have in the space, the better off you'll be. And in our case, we're just so lucky to have a group of investors that, um, you know, are very close to impact investing, world positive investing. We have uh, aquaculture specialized investors, so they understand our space and all this group together make it for a very functional group of investors and that is very supportive. So it's been a very positive experience for us. Like in the beginning, how did you identify certain VCs or funders in the early days? And like sometimes people assume, well, I have a startup, therefore I must scale and I must get VC funding instead of just generating revenue. So what point were you at in that business where you're like, now I know I need to get VC funding as opposed to just getting, you know, earning sales and getting client customers? Yeah, I think there was a very specific moment when we had this realization. So at first we we were experts. We made our own product with uh, buying buckets at Home Depot and putting a bit of electronic on it. Mm. And we did a trip to India where uh, my brother, who's a co-founder, joined me for the first time on the trip. And we went to a big seminar with Indian farmers where we presented our product and we got such huge amount of interest and the, rea the reaction was very positive but then it overwhelmed us with oh my god this is this is so big and this can be so so huge but you know if, I mean we don't have the means right now to take this to capture this opportunity and then we just started to look at all the market possibilities and connecting all the dots to see that yes this was in fact like a, a massive opportunity and coming back from that trip that's when we decided okay you know we need to go get some investments if, if we want to be able to to fulfill the legacy of, of what we can do in aquaculture with with our technology 
So you would say it's, it's at that point where you, you have so many clients that you, you, you don't have enough cash flow to deliver that the sweet spot, I guess you would say. Yes, or at least when you realize that there's a very big opportunity for what you've created and for your business, and then, you know, you're okay with it not being just a lifestyle company, but you really want to try to make this as big as possible. I mean, the, the, you mentioned impact investing. So this is a relatively new term within the VC world, um, people getting on, on board with this. So did you solely stick to those who consider themselves impact investors or you have a mix? No, we have a mix. So we have more traditional um, Silicon Valley VCs, but they still have an investment thesis that's around world positive business and positive and businesses that have a mission to create good in general yield higher returns. So there's still a very good alignment there, but uh, their expectations is also, you know, fast growth and, uh, and capturing the opportunity. So have you seen a, an increase in the amount of um, impact investors or investors now changing their thesis to want to help the world and do good type of type of projects? I think so. I think more and more. And what I'm seeing also is a lot of more like syndicates. So you have big family offices or wealthy individuals that want to do impact investing, but mm -hmm. don't necessarily have all the structure behind them to mm -hmm. vet the deals and do the due diligence. So there's more and more some type of syndicates that are created that are managed by a team that do these, these impact investing for them. And then that, that allows all these people that have wealth to have a nice way of, of doing impact investing thing, especially in earlier stage uh, businesses. And how did you get in touch with your funders? A lot of different ways. So at the beginning, it was more local in Montreal. So my brother had a few contacts and, and, and we were lucky enough that uh, turned out that we got some interest and we were able to close the first deal. From, from there on, these investors were very helpful in opening their network and connecting us with other uh, investors worldwide. And we also had a bit of inbound interest and then we did some outreach and the mix of all that helped us find the right, the right people. So Valerie, you, you alluded to a couple of times just uh, in the last couple of questions, but I want to expand on it. When you talked about the company, the legacy and talking about uh, gathering data and helping farmers and there's so much opportunity in this space and clearly Expert C is a pioneer in the, the aquaculture, or I guess we can call it the aquatech space. Uh, perhaps. What do you see in the future for Expert C? So if we had to give a timeline, let's say in the next five to 10 years, what uh, what do you see for the company? I think what's very interesting about our business is we have a lot of different growth vectors. So right now we're in shrimp, we're mainly in Ecuador. Our main service is our, our local marketplace and, and financing, harvest financing service. But very quickly, we've started to do proof of concepts around different type of business services. So Sending our financing to pre-harvest or so using our data to give access to farmers to, to cash flow earlier in their production cycle or even helping farmers purchase inputs. So you can think of, of input marketplace. So there's all these different business solutions that we can expand in. And then there's all these different geographies in, within the shrimp industry that we can expand in. And then you also have all these different species because although shrimp is a huge market, it's only about 15% of the total 
total aquaculture production. So you have other species like salmon, catfish, tilapia, even uh, shellfish, which are huge segments that the business can expand in. So I think the goal is to go horizontal and vertical, enabling the entire aquaculture industry through data. Uh, and then that's done through the, these different business solutions that exist in agriculture or other types of uh, livestock farming, but that do not exist in, in aquaculture yet. A wealth of opportunity and, and it's just, it is funding the biggest issue for you right now to really capitalize on the myriad opportunities ahead of you? I think like all startup prioritization is a big, like we, you see how many yeah, different ways that the business, different opportunities the business can explore. So like all good startups, making sure that we focus on the right places, we made the right bets and that, you know, we, we, we stay focused is definitely a big challenge. But then yes, uh, having access to, to, to capital to be able to expand the business. However, I think we're very lucky as quite a few investors more and more in the past year have taken very good interest in aquaculture. So hopefully we can keep finding uh, the, right, the right fit that want to invest uh, in the space. But yeah, I think fundraising and, and staying focused is, is our big challenges. Now, you said that, you know, having a, a great relationship with your investors was certainly one of the pieces of advice that you would share with entrepreneurs. Is there anything else uh, for the entrepreneurs who are listening to our conversation now? Is there anything else you would like to share with them? Any any piece of advice that comes to mind that uh, you think would be a great takeaway for them? Sure. For experts, I think the product market fits. Uh, the, 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 the quest for product market fit has been huge learnings for us. Uh, we had to go through different stages, but I think it's very easy early on to get very excited about some early proof points of product market fit. Uh, you have early adopters, you have innovators that, that give you some positive signals. So you really hang on these positive signals and you know you really want to believe that you have something that has achieved product market fit and that you can scale to the, the, the mass market. And then it's just a question of investing more money and everything will happen. I think for us, we had to, we had a few of these moments where we thought we were on the right track with product market fit, but was a bit of, uh, you know, mixed signals and we, and we wasted, I think, too much time sometimes on just keep going in that direction and trying to make it work versus just realizing that, okay, uh, this might not be exactly the right product market fit and then very quickly testing other hypotheses discarding these hypotheses until we found uh, where we're at today, which, you know, I think around the marketplace and using the data and technology to give access to, to cash and, and a good way for, for farmers to sell their crops, definitely uh, the way to go for us. But I think we could have gotten to this point faster if we had managed our learnings through product market fit better. No, I think that's uh, I think that's a great piece of advice. It's not something that you read everywhere. You know, we there's a lot of resources out there for entrepreneurs, but I think uh, hearing it from somebody who has gone through these challenges is certainly uh, it's certainly a great uh, great takeaway. So thanks for sharing that. So Bobby, what do you think? I think this is uh, excellent. Yeah, I think it, I think they call that fail fast and then do something else. I can't remember what is uh, what's the phrase, but I think entrepreneurs can be you know you kind of want to stick your head in the sand like you've worked so hard and these people you know they give you good feedback and it's the it's the balance of how do I when do I know to persevere on my mm. idea when you know everyone's telling me not to versus no it's time to scrap all this and yeah uh, and it's and, tough it's tough as a CEO sometimes to realize you know you've invested all this time and money into 
this direction and all this, you know, might, I mean, you've done the learnings, but then you have to pivot a bit. And so it, it, it's really not an easy thing, but in the end, it's, it's the right thing. So. Yeah, because you hear stories sometimes where like, oh, I had so many obstacles and everyone told me no and I just kept going and going and then bam, you know, now these they have these huge businesses mm. versus the the flip side is, yeah, we realized quickly right away, scrapped the idea, pivoted and now things are amazing. So yeah, it's something to consider. That's cert certainly the case. So fantastic journey, Valerie. Thank you so much for sharing. So for our listeners out there, you can find out more information on our website. So www.expert.com expertc.com x-p-e-r-t-s-e-a.com and you can give uh, them some love on social media as well you can follow valerie on twitter at val expert c uh, and also on facebook expert c at expert c so is there anything else that you'd like listeners to know are you hiring or just keep buying shrimp <laughs> keep buying shrimp <laughs> yes and uh, hopefully you'll be able to buy some expert c shrimp soon who knows but uh, yeah i think uh, seafood is an amazing protein that can be done so efficiently if it's done right and uh, we're on a mission to make this happen so that each of us can enjoy it for many many years to come so beautiful and so to our laurel listeners out there we always appreciate your time thank you for joining us on the launch thank you thank you bobby thank you sean thank you for listening we hope you had fun and gained valuable insights why don't you subscribe to the launch podcast today you can share the podcast tell a friend, and follow us on social media. If you have a research background in tech and always wanted to build your own startup, then check out our website, www.tandemlaunch.com and get in touch today.